You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. It is I, Robin of the Green Mountains of Vermont, and I welcome you all into the brotherhood and sisterhood of zombies. Live undead with a true heart and do not but open thine ears to our fair podcast. And I'm Steph of the podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I could do. I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. It, it it was hard to uh write in Elizabethan uh medieval language for any of my notes. I am just terrible at it, so but I do have to say I was most sorrowful, sorrowful at your absence last week. Thou art most trusted ally tasked with co-hosting this podcast. Thou may be free of royal blood, but a purer heart I've not yet known. And on my honor I will continue to host by thy side. It is my most solemn vow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one thing I got from this episode. Like everything to live was like a solemn vow. Like I vow to do this. I, it, it is my biggest. Uh, and yeah. just lots of words. So many What's words. The word ver- verbose. Yes. Is that the word? What is the word when you're looking for more words? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I do have to mention we're a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Check out DC TV Talk for all your DC TV podcasting needs. That's DCTVTalk.com. All right, let's get into the news. iZombie, still not renewed, but <laughs> we have the upfronts mid-May, and we're just, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to hear the word then. And I've got my hopes up. I've just heard nothing but, you know, good things. You know, a lot of, lot of TV... I, I see. I see lots of uh, things being published. I, I got a TV Guide article last week, um, and uh, the re- hashtag with new iZombie um, hashtag <laughs> is is like everywhere. I, I'm retweeting them every every single day. Like there's so many of them out there. And uh, yeah, I'm doing my part. Yeah, I saw. I retweet them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, folks, uh, let the suits at CW know. Tweet out hashtag renew iZombie and put a little at the CW in there to let them know how much you love the show. Just like, just like I love the show because this hashtag renew iZombie at the CW or uh, I couldn't live without the show because of this, you know, or this episode was great because of, you know, anything, anything just to keep the conversation going on Twitter so they know that we're just not going to let this go without a fight. A, if, yeah, that that we are uh, enthusiastic mm-hmm. fans. Yes, we will take them in the zombie Thunderdome. Come on, in at CW. I'm gonna. <laughs> I got my suit of armor. I'm ready to go. You know, every genre show has to do it. Yeah, every genre. It's like a. It's like a tradition. It's funny. I've been seeing like people like putting like polls up, like save our shows or whatever, and it's just this long list of like genre shows that I like. Like, which one would we save? Like, all of them. I love them all. <laughs> you know. Uh, but whatever. Uh, hopefully, they save I Zombie and uh, you know some other ones I like as well. Um, all right. So, uh, shall we get into 
this, uh, the uh, eighth episode of Ye Season 4, <laughs> ye, ye Thou Art, I don't know, uh, Chivalry is Dead, uh, written by friend of the pod, Diane Ruggiero Wright. Remember Diane? She came on here and did a commentary with us, and it was the best thing ever. Yes. Uh, really hope to get her back on the show one more time before maybe the end of the season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but... Uh, I usually break up the the episode into different segments, but everything was so intermeshed with each other. There was like you know, mm-hmm. Liv and Major's plotline like collided in, in the Thunderdome, literally, <laughs> and uh, you know things like that. So, and the Bazio, uh, the Bazano stuff was going on in the uh, during the the main case. So I just kept it all together. So okay. let's just just walk through the episode. Take a little walk with me, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with major malfunction, um, and it's uh, this is all about uh, the awkward breakfast scene between Liv and Peyton. You know, the morning after. Yes. Okay. What I struck me about this, we're expecting Peyton to be conflicted about her job and her ethics mm-hmm. and her French. You know, being conflicted with her friendship with Liv and what she's doing, but no. None of that. <laughs> no. She's loyal to Liv, and yeah. I mean, that's it, uh, which is good because it was something that Liv was worried about, you know, when she didn't know that – when Peyton didn't know she was a zombie, you know. Not that she'd mm-hmm. out her but be disgusted by her. Um, and this, it's like there is a bit of moral conflict. Are we helping the starvation problem when we scratch more people? <laughs> um, and this is something that Peyton deals with. You know, with a line of people every day. So, um, yeah, I would have, I would have liked a little bit more of uh, Peyton saying, you know, being conflicted or, or you know, talking about, you know, why this might not be a good idea. But I don't know. I, don't know. I was relieved when there wasn't that. Mm. When it was, I'm your friend. This is what we're doing. Yeah, it makes it easier, I guess. I don't know. It feels so good when she scratches a sick person, you know. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're better again, you know? Um, all right. So, uh, oh, and Peyton actually tells Liv about uh, what Major did at the uh, 206 Weekly on the last mm. episode. So, oh, by the way, any any sort of thoughts about that situation? Were you were you upset at Major at all about I mean, it is. Week? I mean, he's all in with trying to impress Russ. Mm-hmm. So that's all I could I just went with that, that yeah. he can't let Russ, he can't blow his cover. He mm-hmm. can't let Russ, uh, just like in this episode where uh, Russ thinks he's talking to a cop. Oh, I wasn't talking to a cop. I was just chatting up a cute girl. Yep. You know, he's he's just he's just all in mm-hmm. trying to uh, expose Russ. Yeah. The only thing I think I was worried about was just the shooting in the newsroom. Uh, that, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of that, <laughs> and especially when he shoots the laptop out of Rachel's hand. And, you know, he's still got a bit of, I think, uh, like, F.U. towards Rachel because Rachel reacted so terribly when she found out that he was a chaos killer. And Mm -hmm. Major, you know, probably equated that with the, uh, like, the the coffee barista that wrote chaos killer on his his coffee cup uh, last season. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, All right. So, we go to the crime scene. Um, Oh, (laughs) yes. uh, Do we... I love the the the, the thing where uh, Liv says that Fillmore Graves is the Borg, and Peyton's like, "I don't know what that means," and she says, "Keep dating Robbie, you will." 
so, uh, oh yeah, Liv says there's only one way we um, we could get any sort of help would be like sacks of cash, and Peyton's like, yeah. Huh. So yeah, she- it's one of those. It's it's like in real life. You, I want to go volunteer. They really don't want you to volunteer. They just want you to give money. <laughs> but sorry, I don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah, right. I've got some time. You know, like you know, yeah. two to four on Saturdays. You know. Um. Uh, so uh, Peyton goes to the prison and visits uh, this guy Casper, um, who we we haven't seen before, but I guess he worked with Mister Boss, and he has a stack of cash. <laughs> Hidden, and she makes a deal with him, and it's a it's a deal that she could get in some trouble for. I'm I'm pretty sure, you know. I mean, I don't think that cash ever went through the legal process at all. She promised him a favor, like any sort of corrupt politician, in order for a payoff. <laughs> so I'm wondering if this is, this is going to bite Peyton in the butt, you know? Yeah, she's she's risking a lot. Yeah. So we go to uh, Night of the Living Dead with a K, and uh, we're at the crime scene. And again, we see something from the past showing up in later episodes. Remember the suit of armor in at the golf course in Blue Bloody? Oh. I immediately thought of this. Like somebody left another suit of armor out. <laughs> I just, you know, and I asked about this, and they're like, oh, no, it's just, you know. It's just it just happens that way. It wasn't planned at all, you know. Huh. Um, so it's just yet another. It's funny, you know. I Maybe know. it was just on their minds in the writers' room. Yeah, that's know? what I think. It's they're like, oh, this would be good. Like a suit. Like they find a suit of armor in the bottom of the pond at, at the country club, and then Some later in the day, like, object. What if we did like somebody who wore a suit of armor <laughs> and, <laughs> and had live eat that guy's brain? So, uh, nerd reference number two happens here where, uh, <laughs> Ravi mentions the TARDIS and Clive's like, what's a TARDIS? I- I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the TARDIS, like everybody's heard of Dr. Who, right? I mean, uh, you know, Dr. Who was so much better before everybody had heard of it. I know exactly. It was, so and it's like, when it was our little secret. <laughs> and, and it's like, but, but we're at a post. Everybody knows about Dr. Who era, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. Uh, well, and the, the thing is, Clive is a nerd that doesn't yet know he's a nerd. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. Actually, there's a there's a, 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 fan, a fan, phantom event? Fandom event? I've been looking mm-hmm. more into Fathom. Fathom. Fathom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're showing like a restored version of Genesis of the Daleks with uh, Tom Baker as Doctor Who on the big screen. I'm, I'm, I mm. think I'm going to need to see that. Because Tom Baker was kind of like my doctor, doctor. I'm showing my age, but Tom Baker, that's what I watched as a kid. So Wow. I don't know. I didn't watch doctors and cowboy hats. <laughs> 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 or fezzes, for the love of God. I anyway. know. <laughs> or when they made them young and hot so American girls would like Doctor Who. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, but uh, now uh, he's a she, and I'm I'm very interested in seeing uh, uh, Doctor Who again. I was kind of turned yeah. off by Peter Capaldi, but really, I I watched I'm, the first I'm, episode. I was like, oh, more of the same. I it was not even Capaldi. It was more just like, oh, this is more Moffat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was yep, the he should have uh, left seasons series ago. Yeah. Series ago. Well, that was a Doctor Who podcast, with Robin <laughs> and Steph. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, back to the iZombie one. Um, 
So, uh, <laughs> but I, it was real cute that Robbie said, oh, "Time travel murder." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of course, you know, a guy in a suit of armor—it's a little out of the ordinary. Um, but I love the next slide here. Clive says, I was looking for an answer based in reality. And Robbie says, well, I'm sure you'll have one once the zombie eats the murder victim's brain. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, speed over to the morgue and uh, Liv makes herself a little feast. Uh, brain roast on a spit. Um, this looked like a, like a gigantic feast. And I... The suckling sound that brain made when the apple gets pushed into it, I was yeah. really grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> or how when she cooked the brain, how it changed colors to a gray-brown color. Yeah, oh, it, looked like a, it looked like a roast, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, seeing a feast like, like this, I'm thinking about the starvation problem of Seattle. And I just had this idea while I was watching. I'm like, okay, so we want Liv to still get the murder victim's brains and solve crimes. But what if Liv had herself a crack team of starving, starving zombies to help her solve cases? Like, a, like I don't know. What did Sherlock Holmes have? Like the Lost Boys or something? What were they called? Those young teenage boys that would help him. They'd hit the streets, you know, and he'd do all the detective work. Oh, I, I, d- I am not... I am not aware okay. <laughs> of any boys that Sherlock Holmes has. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what if, you know, okay, let's just go, uh, you know, a couple hundred years into the future. What if, what if Liv had a Scooby gang that ate brains <laughs> and would help get a get visions too, you know? I don't know. It just seems like she gets this entire brain to herself, you know? It's so oh, weird that this is still happening. It needs happening. to be more uh, practical. It, it needs to. It, it needs to be. Uh, she could get a lot more done. Yeah, uh, a lot more. And she could stuff. feed starving zombies. You know, there's mm. zombies. There are. We we meet a couple of zombies later that are watering down brain tubes so they can split up the whatever rations they have into you know bigger bigger chunks. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's just so weird to then see Liv like with this giant brain on a spit, like about to eat like a feast like a king, you know, or a queen. All right. So uh, the LARP brain premieres after this. Uh, she comes out of the uh, uh, storage closet with the British accent and the, you know, the Victorian speak. And um, <laughs> I, now I, I can understand Clive wondering what LARPering is, <laughs> which I, I like the uh, pronunciation of it, uh, because, you know, not everybody's heard of what LARPing is. Mm-hmm. But, and then what do you... I know, word, and, and everybody assumes it's like a sex thing. Well, the word role-playing is yeah. associated with sex a lot more than it used That's to true. be. <laughs> uh, you know, role-playing games... Didn't always mean – it used to mean like sitting around the table with uh, some dice. You know, it wasn't like, all right, I'm the cop tonight and you're the saucy vixen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, that's how we should do the rest of the podcast. All right. No. So I'll be guessing a while. No. Uh, all right. So <laughs> Clive is intrigued because uh, Robbie talks about it like it's a live action D&D. I mean it's a great callback because Clive did have fun – 
uh, trying to uh, find the lich in uh, 2070. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, Clive is a nerd who will soon realize that he is a nerd. I mean, it's <laughs> what his happened? gateway was Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Liv announces that she killed the storage closet mouse, but like, you know, explains but it. But in a huge, long <laughs> soliloquy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are so many soliloquies. Uh, it's funny. Um, and then Liv starts making Clive uncomfortable, which is our favorite thing. When uh, either Liv or Ravi makes Clive uncomfortable, my lord, my liege, your grace. And then she's like kneeling. <laughs> So they realize they have to go meet up with the, uh, the talk to the Guardians of Bone Storm, which is uh, uh, Garrett Drexel's LARP group. Um, and so in the stone, where do we know this guy from? I looked up different actors in these scenes, and I didn't recognize anything. I don't know. Okay. Maybe you know him from somebody. Which one? The guy? Uh, in the, uh, the, head like of the, table? the lead. Yeah, the guy at the head of the table. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, tweet us, folks. Let us know where do we know that guy from? Because <laughs> <laughs> then you know everybody knows what shows I watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the sword and the stone walled, uh, we meet them, and uh, I, I love how Clive is just immediately disenchanted. He's like, he was like, oh, I should check out this LARP thing. It's like live action D and D, and then he meets these like sees these bunch of nerds sitting around a table arguing about how to eat a blooming onion. <laughs> And he's like, no. <laughs> so Liv, of course, introduces herself with, you know, flourish. Um, I didn't want to write every single quote she did this episode. Uh, but I think it was at this point I was like, she's she's doing this for the entire episode. <laughs> like, this entire episode, she's going to be talking like this. And man, the work that Diane Ruggiero Wright must have put into writing this. I don't know if this comes easy to her. Uh uh, maybe she got some help from uh, Graham Norris, who you know uh, wrote some of the Shakespearean stuff earlier in the season. Um, but it's a lot, <laughs> so yeah. it, it 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 almost required a second viewing for me to catch all that she was saying. Um, in the intro, though, uh, one of my favorite things that she says is "examiner of the ex animate," like the not animated. Mm. <laughs> Examiner of the examinant And uh, then Clive is just like Yeah, Clive Babineau, normal talker <laughs> <laughs> uh, So uh, these guys are humans And uh, they thought Garrett left their group Because he was a zombie And um, and they're like uh, You know, Liv's thinking I ate that guy's brain So not a zombie <laughs> And then their bard Whose name is Chuck <laughs> Starts trying to play Garrett off Like as a tribute They're just like shut it Chuck um, So anyway We go over to Romero's and it's lunchtime. It's the, the meal time that they Agreed to And um, uh, We see that zombies have lost all Table manners um, Yeah I don't know why that is Is it because They're I starving I guess it's because they're starving They're but- starving yeah and so Um Angus, is, our brother Love, is trying to get him to be restrained and to eat yeah. slowly. Uh, savor it. Yeah. And uh, Blaine's got a couple of great lines in here. First, it's like, I'm fairly certain this is our seventh meal together. <laughs> when Angus yeah. is talking about how much he loves these meals that they have together. 
And then uh, after he sees Angus, like, instruct them to savor it in their mouths and then swallow, Blaine says, swallowing on command. Now, that's a power I should never be interested with. <laughs> Which, uh, any comment? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to touch that one? All right. Nope. Uh, Angus says he needs more brains, and he says he is inspired about you know, uh, by how he was trapped in a well and the Lord made it rain brains. Oh, yeah. So is he playing? So he doesn't, no, he doesn't realize what uh, Blaine did to him. But he, like, Blaine tied him up and hung him over the well and then dropped him in. Like, he was conscious. <laughs> Maybe the shock was so much that he... Didn't remember it. Maybe. Or maybe he got that second cure, and now he's pretending that he had amnesia. Or no, wait, we're not going to go there again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I want to know more. Please tell me more. Uh, show. Um, all right, so we go to the morgue, and uh, I love that Liv is named all of Robbie's medical tools like swords, <laughs> Stormborn, Lightbringer. Um, and that's when we get a call from Isabel, who is stranded in uh, Yakima. And uh, I, I love these. I, I, I had to write this quote down. Uh, Fear not, lass, for I make thee promises three. Your good coyote shall return. You shall arrive uh, safely in Seattle. And with a scratch of my own nail, your life I shall save. This is my most solemn vow. And then she's like, is there somebody else I can talk to? <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, which is great because, uh, you know, she's coming from outside the city, probably doesn't know a lot about how the personalities take over. Yeah. So. She doesn't know. And yet her Cody had left for eight hours and I was really worried. Yeah. I was like, oh no, what's going on? Is this just, it doesn't help that my daughter's name is Isabel. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no, is she okay? <laughs> hmm. So uh, uh, Liv comes out of the storage closet and Robbie and Clive are sit- standing there and Robbie suspects that Liv is just like conspiring about her birthday, about his upcoming birthday rather. Maybe with Peyton on the phone. So, funny stuff. Oh, because she went to hide because she didn't want yes. Clive to hear. And okay, she's like, "Let me get some gauze for my warded toe." What did that mean? It's like she was sneaking away to the supply closet to get gauze for herself, but she's saying it on the phone, uh, like for her for a wart on her toe. Let me okay. translate. All right, so girl had a breakout. Okay, no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm getting in this accent because we got cowboy brains coming here. What did you think about I, cowboy brains? I wanted to see more. Oh, you wanted more of this? I wanted more. Yeah. I was like, Donnie, I'm like, you are driving me away. You're driving all the customers away. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird how, okay, so Major is on cowboy brain. And then later on, Blaine explains to Donnie <laughs> that they were like, Christian cowboys. Yep. And so that's why they didn't partake of the prostitutes. Right. Because they thought that that would be a... Cause, because Donnie said, I equate cowboys with prostitutes like... <laughs> what did he say? Astronauts and Tang. Like he had to get help uh, with it with from it. With, uh, yeah. And with I was, it, it yeah. took me a while for, for it to click. <laughs> 
what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Deadwood, not dead wood. <laughs> <laughs> and then they shows the fa- the, the Facebook site, and, and Dottie's like offended by the type. He's like, "What is this six point type?" <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, all right, let's skip ahead a little bit. That's okay. Um, the next chapter is Immortal Combat, and we see the Zombie Thunderdome for the first time, which is just you know a warehouse, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Magnus like the Necromamer. <laughs> Magnus the Necromamer. That was his oh, name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like he was at the uh, hockey rink, uh, Clive is very much into some uh, live violence. Um, and he's introduced by uh, the sweet song, uh, Fox on the Run, which is, uh, you know, an interesting uh, needle drop because, I mean, for one thing, Sweet is a British band. And uh, I don't know, you know, the whole fox hunting thing was probably a medieval I'm just making a stretch, okay. I guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why would they play I, this song? I, I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I buy it. <laughs> uh, and then we see uh, – I was – you know, I was frustrated but tantalized. The fact that Major and Liv actually had a discussion that we, we saw from – We did Yeah. What are they saying to each what other? What are they talking about? <laughs> I, I'm assuming Liv is like, what the hell? I heard you shot up 206 Weekly. And Major hopefully saying, listen, I have to deal with this a-hole over here, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I'm going to bring him down to save, you know, you know, this guy's black marketing brains and it's not good. He's hurting people, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, it was it was it was interesting to see it from like from Russ's point of view, because you, you get an idea of what they might be talking about. But you also see like, uh oh, Russ is uh, Russ is on the major. And we're also on to Major at the same time, but, you know, we have more faith in Major. We know more about Major, whereas, I don't know, Major seemed to be able to talk Russ out of any suspicion later. Yep. He did get a scare, but, (laughs) Um, yeah. So we go to uh, Magnus's uh, dressing room, and uh, (laughs) Magnus has- I like this guy. Yeah, me too. I want him to show back up. I Again- Looked him up in IMDb. Didn't really see anything. I think he was like an he's like an ex football player. Yep. But um, yeah, I like, I like when he puts on the uh, his green glasses to look things up on his phone. That <laughs> <Yes>. was cute. <laughs> <laughs> and how he has Clive like sit down on the throne. He's like, go sit there, and Clive just like makes a whole thing of just sitting down slowly, like I'm sitting on a throne. Okay, and then <laughs> lives standing like obediently at his side. You know. <laughs> uh. So Magnus uh, says uh, that this whole zombie Thunderdome started off as an offshoot of zombie LARPers, and these zombie LARPers are called the Shadow Exiles, and they still do their own thing, but Magnus is, like, in charge of, like, you know, bloody uh, combat, which is what he what people like. And that's when Clive gets a text. Bosio is going to be home late. You know what that means. <laughs> she has a date. Uh-huh. But it's medicinal, right? (laughs) Oh, God. She says in the next scene. (laughs) It's like, uh, yeah, they're... uh, Clive is... You know, he's bothered by this. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things like, man, I wish these guys talked more, you know? Uh, Yeah, and you're like, is she just... Is she doing this because she feels like she has to, uh, you know... (sighs) Be on even ground now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
Oh god, I forgot it's the so line. uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I forgot the line uh, from the last scene though when Liv, like Clive, walks off and Liv is still talking to Magnus, and Magnus is just like, "God, I want to make you break character." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we go to too many crooks in the kitchen, and uh, that's at Romero's, and yeah, with that whole thing with Donnie finding out about the cowboys, um, and we hear about Donnie's new muscle now that Dino is gone. Although Blaine per- would prefer putting a volleyball onto Dino's body, <laughs> keeping that as muscle, uh, they now have Crybaby Carl, <laughs> who has a medical condition with his tear ducts. So, this is interesting. You know, every. <laughs> All the minions, they have to have a, a character thing. Yeah. You know, so this is his character thing. I guess in that way, Dino was kind of a, like, whatever. You know, he was muscle um, and he was uh, a betrayer. But he, he wasn't like a mute or he wasn't wearing a patch. He wasn't a crybaby, you know, so I don't know. I, I, it was a little weirded out when I first saw him, uh, but uh, I'm going to give him a chance. It might be funny. I don't know. I like Blaine's annoyance at him most of all. Or just even just like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> like in the other scene with the, the bus and everything, he's like staring at, at Carl, you know? Um, so I guess because it, he looks like he's crying, so you think he's weak, but he's really a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, so it's all coming together. We, turn, we find out that Casper has Mr. Boss's money, and now that... Casper is uh, Casper has uh, made the deal with Peyton. He is on a prison transport bus heading to uh, White Collar Prison, and uh, Mister Boss says we need to, you know, take this guy down and find out where the money is, and uh, you know, put it into the business or whatever, right? So yeah, this is this is when uh, Stacy Boss comes out of the packing crate. He says, uh, <laughs> yeah. "Who do I have to have sex with to get a hot toddy?" Is that what he said? Yeah. I was that was very weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't talk like that, Mr. Boss. <laughs> um also So he says is he, he says a that he needs mint uh, no. Well, why is he in a box of ice? Because that's just how they ship things in and out. <laughs> I guess so. Well, uh, hopefully they he had an oxygen tank in there with him or something. Uh maybe a, He could breathe. He could breathe. Yeah, he just needed a hot toddy to warm up. I guess so. It's just cold. Yeah, and then he tells Blaine that he needs like mindless, an army of mindless soldiers or something. Stupid, nameless yes men. (laughs) He said, you don't have those? And Blaine said, no. And he said, what kind of crime boss are you? (laughs) Yes. And then Blaine gets an idea. So they start, they talk to dear old dad and they put on like a double act of like, oh, the Lord moved me. So, and they just made me call Blaine and, oh, and then I found out it's just perfect. It's obviously this is God's plan because we want to provide brains to the hungry. And what better to provide brains, you know, guilt-free brains than like a bunch, like a bus full of like wicked evil men. So Angus is uh, convinced. Although I did feel like, man, has Angus like lost a few brain cells? <laughs> he seemed a lot more conniving. Uh, before he was in the well, maybe the well really did some psychological damage to him. Yeah, I mean, he seems to love Blaine now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, we go to Fillmore Graves, and uh, yeah, this is just when Major is pretending that he didn't know Liv, and Russ offers him a job 
so we go to uh, I don't know the Renegade Hotel. I don't know where what this hotel is, but she seems to always go to this hotel room for this, these meetings. And um, Stan introduces Renegade to Beth and Geo. And uh, I swear she was going to scratch that baby. <laughs> I was like, this is going to feel weird. No. If that baby's dying, though. Uh, but, oh, it's so taboo. It's a baby. But luckily, we didn't have to wrestle with that this week. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She was holding the baby. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then after, you know, she scratches Beth, I was like, well, I guess she's not breastfeeding anymore. But maybe she wasn't anyway because she was sick and dying. I don't know. Right. It seemed like a very small hand towel that she was holding. <laughs> you know, it, was, it seemed like that baby was uh, brand new. Brand new. Even yeah. There's definitely oh, not a baby in there. But <laughs> I guess that was to, I mean, I don't know. Why did she have to have a baby? <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Like we would have felt sorry for her even if if she just had cancer. Oh, right, right. Well, I don't Why know. did she also have to have a baby? Maybe it'll work into a plot later. Like they'll have to hide these people, and then all of a sudden the baby will start crying. Uh, I don't know. I doubt these people come back. No, I think just Isabel does. Yeah, Beth of Columbus. I welcome you to the Brotherhood of Zombies. Live undead with a true heart and do not but good. I love her little speech. Although it's weird to see her, like her saying brotherhood, but I guess. It's brotherhood in more of a general sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see here, most notably, the, the the change from human to zombie happens in, like, seconds. Like, there's no there's no wait. They're all of a mm-hmm. sudden, they feel better. They, you know, it's like a, it's like a paralyzed person jumping out of their wheelchair and dancing around. Well, just like, just like last week. Was that last week when she scratched the, the guy with the oxygen? He immediately took off his cannula. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cannula, huh? Yeah, his nasal canyon. Well, you are you you know words that I don't know. Yeah, he probably has emphysema or something. Okay. Maybe lung cancer. Maybe ILD. Hmm. Um, anyway, go but ahead. But yeah, the baby thing was a little bit. I, it was unneeded, it, but it, I, it it's almost like the same kind of note they were hitting uh, that same that scene you were just talking about when like the mother was scratched, but not only was the mother scratched, but like her family was there to welcome her into their arms again. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. They're really playing playing to the heartstrings a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who wants a you know a poor little baby having to be put into the system because their mother died? You know, I don't know. Um, all right, Sludge Packers, very crude chapter title. Uh. <laughs> uh, and so Major tries texting, and I guess she, he must be trying to text Liv, um, it, or Chase. I'm one of the two. Uh huh. Um, but then Russ and his guys show up. They're carrying axes. Ma- Major looks scared, but Major gets tossed an axe, and he's a part of the gang. And we see these zombies that are repackaging brain tubes and watering down. And uh, Russ says, "Should we waste them?" And Major flips a coin, and uh, he got heads, but he says tails. Yeah. See, I think, I think when Major shot up uh, the two hundred six weekly, yeah. That we were supposed to question was Major going along with Russ? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where does Major? Where's his? Is he still? Uh, you know, where's his morality? Right. So I think that when he lied about the coin toss, that was to say he's still doing good. Right. 
he's not on board with Rust. He wants to, to uh, expose Rust. Yeah, I was I was pretty done with Major <laughs> by the end of that episode you're talking about. But yeah, this this episode I was I'm like, okay, okay, he's he still did some effed up stuff, but <laughs> uh, uh, I you know he's still because when we saw him in the uh, scratching post, he was you know just super chummy with Russ. Yeah. So. Ah, uh, so we go to uh, oh, so I'm hoping it's this point that Major finally tells Chase and says, "Okay, here's my report. Can I stop acting like a douche <laughs> in uh-huh. front of my friends?" <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so uh, we go to ye old microbrewery and we meet the Shadow Exiles, uh, which like Arthur and Guinevere and uh, uh, Brave Lancelot. <laughs> no, Garrett was Lancelot. <laughs> Oh, okay. The one who's murdered with yes. Lancelot. So Garrett was pretending to be a zombie. Yeah. But he was really human. Like, th- I mean, that's dangerous. Uh, I guess it he was really into does, it and was but, like, I can, I'm a, you know, and, and I, we hear that Garrett was an excellent uh, swordsman. And he was also like a professor of medieval history or literature or something. So, you know, this dude was like deep into it. So I guess he must have been like, I don't know. These guys are really playing and I could stab these guys, you know, as long as I'm good enough that they don't stab me. Um, so, uh, oh, I love Liv's entrance to this uh, microbrewery, by the way. Just the doors, both the doors open, the bright light. She stands there for a second and walks in and then Clive just strolls in. <laughs> and then she gives Clive a pep talk about how, like, he's the daydream lover of the ladies of Precinct 9. And it's <laughs> 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 so funny. Uh, so this is when we get to the uh, prison bus. And uh, there's another uh, song note here, by the way. The prison guards are, like, talking about it. Like how much they hate Seattle and, you know, it sucks and they should have never left or something like that. And um, there's this song uh, from like 1969 by Bobby Sherman that's called Seattle. And it just like sings about like Seattle has the bluest skies and the greenest hills. And I, I don't know what Seattle this guy was talking about. Maybe it was different back in 69 when he wrote this song. <laughs> I don't remember any green hills <laughs> in Seattle and blue skies. I, You know, the rainy skies of Seattle maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's gray. The, the gray hills. The, Maybe for like a couple of days, it may have a blue sky and green grass. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, the the guard, he was saying something about breaking up with his girlfriend. Yeah. And I, yeah. I never could catch what he was saying. Oh, I even looked at the lines in the script, you know, and, and I had the captioning on. And uh, yeah, it's just a quick mention about breaking up. I shouldn't have broken up with my girlfriend or something like that. And I don't know, I it almost felt like it was like a, you know, like an echo back to what's going on with Clive and Basio, maybe. I, I, I don't uh-huh. know. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's this cheery sign in Seattle. You know? <laughs> and the like the most horrifying thing is about to happen. These guys are all going to be eaten alive. And uh, as Angus says, the meals on the bus go down, down, down. <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, Blaine is staring at Crybaby Carl. <laughs> um, and just we, you know, we see the bus get toppled. We see the zombies all over the bus, and then it just kind of shows Blaine, Donnie, and Mister Boss just kind of like, like, ooh, ooh, oh, yeah, is he alive? No, he's still yeah, he's alive. Yeah, because they're like, ooh, that's disturbing. That <laughs> they're just eating his brain while he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. 
And there's just this screaming going on. Oh, it was really morbidly funny. And uh, and they drag uh, Casper over there, and Mr. Boss is like, well, you know, what's scarier, me or you know that scene back there, which is kind of a you know, like a badass line. And, um, and he gives it up. He's like, it's in Locker Two Twenty. And they don't. They're like, well, you could be telling us the truth, or maybe not. This is Blaine. He'll be eating you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the next chapter, Night Fever, Night Fever. <laughs> Great BG song, right? Uh, Liv says Robbie should try out the armor that they're taking off Garrett. Uh, to yeah, use because Peyton. Peyton has a not shining armor <laughs> yeah. uh, fantasy. So he bursts into Peyton's bedroom. He looks, I don't know, it, does, it doesn't look right. It looks like the, the, the armor actually looks very plasticky to me. I don't know. Um, but, uh, the armor it looks like at the Met, the Metropolitan Museum. Oh of Art, yeah, uh, King um, Henry VIII's armor is there. Oh, and it okay. kind of looks like that style. Yeah, yeah. I was almost Except, thinking like it's like it's almost like theater. Uh, but armor, King but... Henry VIII was really thick in the middle. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Liv gets a vision, and yes, of course, we should have known it all along. Guinevere cheated on Arthur with Lancelot. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Liv rushes out of there. Robbie says he's going to need some help with his armor. <laughs> he's like not trying to get her out, and Peyton's like, mm-hmm, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we find out that Guinevere had an open marriage since Arthur was a zombie, kind of. But Arthur was jealous that yes. Lancelot was younger and not a zombie. And Sounded like stuff. he was like a pretty buff dude too. If he was such a great swords guy, you know, swordsman, swords guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Galahad, I guess, gave gave it up that uh, Arthur faked his injury so he could like run a sword through um, Lancelot. And Arthur's is like. Okay, this is my, you know, I'm, I did it, but I'm not going to confess because I know a jury is going to be on my side. And, uh, I'm thinking that, uh, this guy is going to get off, <laughs> you know? I was hoping we'd see some zombie court by now, but not yet. Hmm. So we go to the bus station locker and, uh, Blaine and Mr. Bus, Mr. Boss bust into a locker after, because Blaine had a vision and, uh, the stacks of cash are not there. And I swear, Ooh. Blaine is like, I had a vision. It was a blue bag, but like his, the, the ADR said black bag because I, I <gasps> I'm assuming they messed that up, but I, I swear his face said blue. I, I, I don't know. Go back and look at it. Maybe I'm insane. I don't know. All right. So we'll see. Maybe they, maybe they couldn't get a black bag for, to shoot mm. because, because like immediately you cut to Peyton and then open in the bag in the, yeah. The well, she had a black bag. His oh. his mouth said blue, but they ADR'd him, so he, he said black. Oh, so. yeah. So maybe maybe it got switched between writing and production. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a nitpicker picking that out, but I don't know. It was just funny. I was like, oh, something I actually caught. Um. All right. So Peyton comes bearing gifts to the uh, Renegade Hotel, and it it is a a, a lot of money. Yeah, uh, who was it? Was it was it Levon or was it the other guy who was like, "Oh, Peyton's vetted," because yeah. they were gonna like they were gonna question Peyton and her 
inclusion in the group. But, oh, you're vetted. You bring <laughs> yeah. a big bag of money. Yeah. Uh, that guy is Stan, by the way. Stan. Yeah. He's the one that was so excited that he was in the uh, the cart- the comic opening. Uh, yes. <sighs> the opening. You know, and, act and, yeah. opener. Yeah. Thing. The words are <laughs> He got comic ah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up his name because I feel like a jerk. Um, but uh, he actually saw that we are doing. I don't know if folks, there may be some people that listen to us that don't follow us on Twitter, don't care about Twitter, but uh, iZombie Podcast is our Twitter account. And we're doing a. Uh, a tournament of recurring characters battling against each other until we finally have a winner. Because, you know, we had like a March Madness thing for a while there, and it's now almost May, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, uh, Micah Steink, um, uh, Stein, maybe, um, he messaged us on Twitter. He was mad. He wasn't on our. He's like, oh, this is so cool. Why am I, why am I not on this? Oh, well, when it finally over, when it's finally over, I will just uh, cross out whoever won and write Stan in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I felt obliged. I uh, I made another copy of the uh, bracket and just wrote a giant Stan in the middle and just sent it to him, which, I, you know, he laughed at. But uh, it's funny. I feel bad. When I made the bracket, though, he was only like uh, rando dude uh, – who had like one line in the laundromat scene and that was it. I didn't realize he was going to be around for a while, but sorry. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so, uh, Curtis shows up with Isabel. I like Curtis, by the way. I don't know if you you remember Curtis on the show before. No, no, he had a, he's a very recognizable face to me because, um, when mama Leone is being executed, there were like two guys and one guy was like saying, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. And Curtis, he was the guy who was standing there like, how dare you, Chase? What is wrong with this system? You know, and just like screaming. Uh, yeah, that was Curtis. Uh, so I like him. Um, yeah, if you want to see him, feel free to go back and watch the Mama Leone execution scene. You know, that fun scene. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we finally meet Isabel, uh, who is played. She is a character. Yeah. Yeah, I do, really do like her. Yeah. Huh? She, yeah. I was saying, do go on. Do go on. No, she's adorable. Yeah. As all Isabels are. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if your name is Isabel and you're listening and you're like, that was creepy. I, I have a daughter named Isabel just so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Isabel is played by Isabella Vidovic. Uh, we actually talked about her in the preview episode. Uh, they had talked about this actress being in the show uh, before the season premiered. But uh, she was Little Rock in the uh, Zombieland TV show that never quite made it to air. Um, but uh, most importantly, uh, she was young Kara in uh, Supergirl. Any of those uh, flashbacks to young Kara, uh, especially the episode Midvale, uh, that was Isabella Vidovic. And she was in The Fosters. She was just recently in the movie Wonder. And uh, strangely enough, she was in a TV movie called Find Me, uh, where she played Daniel Bonjour's daughter. <laughs> so, <laughs> Levon and Isabel have worked together before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted out a picture of him posing with a, a, a little Isabella Vivek. I think she must have been like eight in that picture. Um, 
Yeah, because she was born in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> all right. So she says, do all zombies talk like you or do you work at a Ren fair? <laughs> And so, yeah, Liv does the whole thing and scratches her arm. It doesn't work. And so Liv tries to start doing the whole speech again to scratch her other arm. And they're like, just do it. Just do it. She scratches even deeper, which, like, hurts her. And then it doesn't work, Steph. It doesn't work. What does it mean? What does it mean? And, and you know, she says right at the end, I'm going, I'm going to die, aren't I? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I And I'm not sure... Did, did the show ever tell us why? What what was wrong with Isabel? Like, why is she dying? What was she dying from? No. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if that could be a factor. Like, if you're if you have a certain type of cancer, you're immune to zombieism. I just I just figure she had a natural immunity. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I wrote down like several things. A Isabel is immune. She's a key. She's and she is now the keys to the cure, which seems like. That's probably what it's going to be. I, mean, I have no yeah. future knowledge, but this seems like a yeah. Because the best. you know, you can tell she's going to be a recurring character. Yeah, she's going to be on here a while. So yeah, I've seen her in uh, uh, you know photos for uh, next week's episode. So she's definitely definitely there. Um, uh, or <laughs> I'll just keep going with my theories. Liv, okay. is, Liv scratches like she's all scratched out. Like she can't scratch anymore. She's scratched enough people. But uh, that doesn't track. Like, like the nail wears, wears down. Yeah, that <laughs> rash, that rationale. I can't make the leap. Uh, that doesn't make sense. I know. I immediately go back to like major at the end of last season, scratching people at the hospital. You know, live, uh-huh. live is, live is scratched like just a few people. She hasn't scratched like a ton of people. And I think walking through a hospital scratching people, your nail would wear down uh, quicker if that was a thing. Uh, my other theory, Liv is turning human, <laughs> uh. which would destroy the show. <laughs> uh, or uh, zombie isn't transferable anymore. Like the virus that's out there isn't is done. I don't know. Or like humans have humans uh, uh, in general have have built up an immunity. But then again, she scratched like two other people in the episode and almost a baby. Um Only in your brain (laughs) Well this is Okay so uh, Here's my final theory which is just like Like I'm really going like Deep state here like okay Who is Isabel like Who is she how did How did how did we find out about her Who are her parents I'm just wondering Could she be some sort of government experiment Sent by General Mills Not the cereal company the actual general (laughs) Like could she be? Could she have some sort of secret? Uh, uh, go in there as an unsuspecting, you know. Could she be a weapon? A weapon? Maybe her, like she, her job is to get scratched, and then the scratch, like, like she's covered in zombie cure or something, and then it cures Liv and any other zombie that scratches her. Okay, really, I'm going. Okay, yeah, I think That's that dumb. it's that the dumb. most obvious. That number one. Yeah. Isabel's yeah, immune. Isabel is immune, and they'll make a cure from her. Yeah, and I guarantee that they'll they'll at least just cure Ravi. I'm sure they will never cure Liv until the final episode of the the series, which is going to come not at the end of this season. Uh, <laughs> CW. Uh, 
So, uh, what are your thoughts, folks? Uh, tweet us at iZombie Podcast. What's going on with Isabel? Why, why is she immune? Uh, yes, feel free to send us email iZombiePodcast at gmail dot com. We love reading it. And speaking of Sadie, yes, we have to get into some feedback. <laughs> it's that all right, so I got to give a reminder to check out the app from our friends at TV Time if you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming. Download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And thank you to everyone who's listening through the app. I think Sadie's listening right now and she's just like, man, you guys are awesome. Yes, that time of day. So now that we definitely didn't sound like we edited that to stop the dog from barking, uh, let's move on to uh, our, our quotes from the folks at TV Time. And uh, uh, here to read them is Lady uh, uh Okay. Chop Wood says, all this talk about King Arthur has got me missing sweet Bradley. Arthur Loyal, uh, Lowell again. <laughs> he was around such a short time, but I, I still wish he was back. I wonder if it was a shout out to... Probably, a, yeah, because uh, Bradley uh, uh, Bradley Lowell, I forget what Bradley James, Bradley James played uh, Arthur on Merlin. So, uh, Robin Lee twenty seven says, "Well, I guess one of Kryptonian's powers is being immune to the zombie virus." <laughs> yep. Sarah says, "Has it been renewed for another season already?" I mean, I want to know uh, what to wait for. I got to be psychologically prepared. Is this going to be a huge series finale or a huge cliffhanger for another season to happen? I know, right? (laughs) I know we have to mentally prepare. (laughs) Danielle says, alas, has thine heroine's noble deed revealed a most desired remedy to yon plague of living death. (laughs) (laughs) Nice writing. Uh, All right. Speaking of writing, we got a couple of big emails here. I'm going to read the first one. This is from Maddie. Hi, Robin and Steph. It's Maddie once again sending some feedback. First, I'd like to thank you for all the things you've been doing for our favorite show, especially the character bracket and the continuous support to the hashtag Renew iZombie Cause. You're the VPs of getting stuff done. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even going to read those compliments, but when I read that you're the VPs of getting stuff done, I was tickled. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, All right. Rose McIver kills it as our zombie in shining armor who just happened to eat the brain of a LARPer. I didn't know that this was a thing, but just like Clive, I was genuinely curious about this particular hobby. Malcolm Goodwin had me cackling with his delivery of some of the greatest lines in this episode. Stop calling me Malurd. Genuinely. (laughs) (laughs) Made me laugh so hard I probably scared my parents. The case itself was very interesting. The way the show drew a parallel with Bazio and Clive's relationship was genuinely a proof that this show has some real quality writing. Bazano is truly breaking my heart, but the drama feels natural. We've seen their weaknesses shine throughout the season, and even if we're genuinely rooting for them to stay together, we know they have to grow so they can become a long-lasting relationship. If there's anything we know about ships and iZombie, is that no one has it easy. Peyton's role in this episode was genuinely what I had been waiting for her to do all along. Her choice to help live and her decision to follow her heart because she was she's thinking on the greater good, thinking of the greater good, just works perfectly for her character development just that started on episode one. We know Peyton loves live to death. Yeah, she's her freaking heart. Uh, <clears throat> and seeing her risk it all for her friend's cause pretty much settles that nothing can come between these two BFFs. 
I love that Liv also acknowledges that Peyton has her full trust because we know they have so much history together. It is never easy to see Major go into a downward spiral, but the build-up to his eventual decision between Liv and Fillmore Graves genuinely makes for a good drama. Not all is lost, as we see Major makes his best two-faced impression and chooses to lie to Russ Roche uh, to save a life. He might shoot at a laptop and terrorize people just to keep the cover, but dude's got principles. Also, am I the only one who finds it fishy that we did not get to hear Liv and Major's conversation? Perhaps it was just for Roche to doubt him, but it felt like we're missing out on something, or maybe not. Also, a genuine question that was roaming through my head uh, during the episode was if the Fillmore Graves soldiers had some kind of payment. We We see Chase living luxuriously, but I wonder if the soldiers get paid in brain tubes or something else. I wonder. Uh, me personally, uh, Robin thinks that, uh, Enzo, uh, gets paid in smelly cheese. What do you think, Steph? (laughs) 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 Uh, Ravi might have been on the background this episode, but his nerdy moments were worth it. Especially the snarky comment about the reality of the show. Rel's comic co- comedic timing is just perfect. I'm so happy we finally get to see Ravi and Peyton be happy and thriving. I hope Liv and Peyton's secret doesn't get between them. What an interesting way to introduce Isabel. Immunity? I can't wait to see how this storyline develops. We're already on the second half of the season and the stories are slowly merging. Lastly, I love the last three episodes, three interviews uh, with the writers on the podcast. It really helped me understand the way they put so much effort into every tiny detail of the show. Even if iZombie got somewhat darker this season, they managed to balance the comedy and the drama that we love. Keep up with the awesomeness. Love, Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. Maddie, I may suggest a 2008 movie called Role Models, directed by David Wayne, starring Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott, Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Um, it will help explain LARPing because this is not LARPing like I was imagined. This is more in which at Renaissance fairs, yes, they do kind of role play because there's jousting and people dressed up and such. So I think there's LARPing at Ren fairs. But mm-hmm. when you say LARPing, I don't necessarily think of people wearing armor and carrying swords. You know, I mean, so, some of them do, right? I mean, th- there's all do, sorts I of guess. different characters. Like, I can't wait to see when I go to this Ren fair where the like nerd. Oh wait, you're going to a Ren fair? Yes. Ooh. Next month. Oh, you're gonna have to report back. Yeah, <laughs> that's my birthday present next month. Oh, that's right. I want to I see, you know, this. the the Venn diagram of, you know, what goes on at a Renaissance fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really curious of <laughs> nerds at yeah. a Ren fair. <laughs> Okay, um, my, uh, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm going to read Ephrex's email. Okay. Greetings, Sir Robin and Lady Steph. Fair Steph, thine absence from the previous cast of Pod was sorely noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Verily, tis good to hear thine voice again. Huzzah. Thank you. (laughs) Good enough. Uh, Good. Okay. He says enough of that nonsense. So let's get to the minor annoyances. Let's get the minor annoyances out of the way. Number one, uh, another live disappears inside the brain episode. Why? Even the most dedicated LARPers come up for air occasionally. Because it's funny. I hear this way too much. Uh, Number two. So many times people say, oh, she lives too much with the brain. No, man, more brain. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) 
<laughs> Number two, speaking of coming up for air, how did Mr. Ball survive being buried in a crate of ice? At the very least, we could have seen him in a snorkel and wet, wetsuit, no? Steph says you can Three. live. That's coming from a medical uh, yeah. professional. Yeah, I think it was just it was just a cover. <laughs> Number three, writers, why no call back to the suit of armor in the Dowager episode earlier this season? Seriously, do I have to think of everything for you people? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Number four, can we please have an extended Bozano scene where they actually hash out their issues? Yes, because we got uh, he mentioned that they were up till four a.m. Talking about it, yeah. We didn't, that was off off camera. Um, passively seeing their relationship complications rub robs robs us of a lot of emotional impact of their conflicts and diminishes Jessica Harmon's screen time. Not necessarily in that order of importance. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, we're definitely getting less Basio, who is by the way doing very well in the tournament. She just beat <laughs> Mama Leone, guys. You guys wow. gotta get to voting. Mama Leone was executed in the first round by Basio, <laughs> which, I mean, understandable. Basio's great. I'm just surprised. Yeah, but, yeah, I thought that uh, Mama Leone would have a lot of uh, love and sentiment. It was it was close for a while. It was like 50-50, and then, boom, like, Basio got a lot of votes. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, with that taken care of, let's talk about the fun stuff. Peyton's situation has gotten really sticky really quickly, and I'm dying to see how that plays out. Yeah. I'm not sold on Angus's character in general, but I find that he uh, that the is he faking subplot here um, is much more interesting than Blaine's from last season. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. It's it's less. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't find it as interesting. <laughs> I, I, I guess maybe it's just because I'm more interested in Blaine than I am Angus. So, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I want to know uh, does Angus love Blaine because he, his, his feelings seem to have changed. I felt like he was coming back for vengeance after he got out of that well. I, uh-huh. it, maybe this is a long con. Uh, so good to have Mr. Boss back. It's really not fair that Rose McIver does brain after brain brilliantly, but Robert Buckley steals the show every time he gets one. The cowboy scene in the scratching post was a hoot and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, what do you say? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not the biggest fan of the brain in general, but I really liked Liv's repeated "Welcome to the Brotherhood" speech. Yeah. The show managed to make the discovery that someone's immune to zombieism into a creepy horror moment. I have no words. I cannot wait to see what happens yeah. next with Isabel. Same. Five, five more episodes. How the heck are we going to resolve all these plots and threads? All these plot threads in five episodes. <laughs> CW, stop torturing us and hashtag renew our zombie already. E fricks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, I didn't want to stop you too much, uh, Steph, but uh, yeah, he says about Peyton's situation has gotten really sticky, uh, and he's dying to see how it plays out. I, I am too, and I, and all of a sudden it, it, it kind of hit me when when you're reading that. It was like, I mean, I thought about it, but I, I definitely didn't mention it earlier in the podcast. This is Mr. Boss's money that she has taken. Oh, Mr. Boss so and her have only- met before. <laughs> Yeah, so not only is she putting her job in jeopardy, yeah. she's uh, potentially could be pissing off a huge, dangerous crime boss. Yep, yep. And who knows how to be a crime boss, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 
And it, yeah, the other thing was how the heck are we going to resolve all these plot threads? It's so funny. We've been doing this podcast since the beginning and every episode, every season, we, we get to this point where we're like, how? How are they going to do it? <laughs> no idea. It's going to be even more complicated by the time we get to the, like the penultimate episode. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Facebook, we got Dave here. Dave says, another packed episode. Is Liv just going to be in human form from now on? The zombie Liv is so iconic. Yeah, I was wondering that myself. We're seeing a lot of, yeah. a lot of it was, uh, those. I kind of liked it that it was just uh, so little of it. Yeah. A couple of, you know, last season. This is a lot. I yeah. Mean, I, I just, it just makes... It takes me out of the show, and it makes me wonder what why they're doing it. Does she not like to sit? Does she not like to show up early for hair and makeup? <laughs> Maybe you I know, don't know. Why? And, and it's you know it, what Ashley takes me out of it is like I get used to her in the blonde, and then all of a sudden she pops out in white, uh, in the white wig and all the white makeup, and and I'm like uh, that takes. I'm like wait a second, that looks weird now. <laughs> you know uh-huh. where before I was just used to that. Yeah. So. Uh, Although I do like seeing the blonde, I think we should see more of her in the white wig. And maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, after she is outed as Renegade, she's going to reclaim her her white-hairedness. I don't know. I know she's doing it a lot for Levon's documentary. I, you know, when she's playing towards uh, humanity's uh, inner zombie racist by like going, look, she's just like us. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Huh. Uh, okay, continuing on with Dave uh, Peyton, I was unsure from where we left her On the last episode Which way she was going to go But she's all on Liv's side A big conflict of interest with her job But good to see Peyton taking more of an active role on the show Those lines Liv was spotting All episode must have been hard To get down But our hero Rose did them well I would love to see an out outtake clip uh-huh. Yeah <laughs> Um, there is actually one that was uh, on her on uh, Malcolm's Instagram, which was not like her flubbing a line or anything like that. But it was like Clive and uh, or you know Malcolm and Rose about to film a scene for that episode in the morgue, and somebody like had a baby there that had like I don't know like this cute little outfit and little glasses, and they're, they were they were pretending to interrogate the baby. And uh, then it just all of a sudden Malcolm just burst out laughing and f- like falls over. I don't know. We posted it on our fa- Facebook page, but it's on uh, Malcolm's Instagram. Uh, I keep interrupting Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. Clive seemed to be getting into the zombie fight club. I agree. Mr. Boss is back. Great return. Love the line. This is Blaine. He'll be eating you tonight. Yes. <laughs> Using Angus's followers was a great idea until they are. They all are now on criminals brains. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. I wonder if we're going to get some sort of horrific riot or something because of these guys. I don't know. Um, and to Angus himself, I was uncertain if he was actually believing the God talk, but he seems to be all in. Scratch not working. Natural immunity or immunity from the disease she has. Hmm, that's another way. I don't know. Interesting. Thank you, Dave. And our last bit of feedback is our weekly voicemail from X-Force 11. Here we go. Hello, Robin and Steph. This is Jeff, X-Force 11, leaving my feedback. I really liked the twists and turns of this story. I thought it would be kind of, I don't know, um, weird 
with the, the type of brain that Liv was on, but I enjoyed it. I loved her getting to stretch her speech uh, to that era of time and, and how it changed things with the renegade storyline. But I'm really wondering what's going on. Is this girl immune to the zombie virus? So there's some people that are immune, and can that be reproduced? Or does the disease she have prevent the virus from taking hold? Or is Liv losing her zombieism? We just don't know, and it's very interesting to think about. Okay, Jeff, X-Force 11 is out. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, maybe if she is losing her zombieism, which that doesn't make any sense to me. But if, if she is, maybe that explains <laughs> That's me why in they're... the corner. That's me in... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe that is that explains why we get more uh without the white wig uh with just rose mm-hmm. Ro- the rose disguise yes that really well done wig that she has <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i i i don't know it it does does it not work we're all thinking about it tweet us let us know what you're thinking maybe i'll put a little poll up on twitter I'm doing a lot of Twitter polls, though. Maybe might, might be overkill. Uh, maybe we'll find out more next no, week. No, never. <laughs> more polls, more brackets. <laughs> All right, let me talk a bit about uh, next time on iZombie. Let's hear the trailer now. Time to lock down the campus. Zombie killer Kane is loose. Convicted murderer of nine. We'll have to find ourselves a well-known zombie, won't we? Some shouty. What is good? On my grind, you know, getting that shmoney. And that was the trailer for season four, episode nine, Mac Live More. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is going to be great. <laughs> the description is says, bust a rhyme, Liv. There's a zombie kit serial killer on the loose and new Seattle is on lockdown. Ooh, I wonder if that means somebody killing zombies or a zombie that's killing people in a serial killer manner. It's almost like we just had a serial killer. Yeah, that's true. Whoa, they're calling back to earlier in the season again. <laughs> and of course, there's the other thing where, um, uh, again, as previously noted, the prison bus of uh, you know people oh, being carted away. Maybe one of yeah. them was a serial killer, and now that person's brains have gotten eaten, and now they're on the loose. So I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah, is it a zombie serial killer? Or is it a zombie serial killer? Is it a is it a ghost pirate or a pirate ghost? Who knows? Um, all right, continuing on with the uh, episode description. Um, Liv is trapped in the morgue on White Rapper Brain, and Clive and Ravi are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god! Yes! Oh, I'm so happy. Um, meanwhile, Blaine concocts his most sinister plan to date. Lastly, Major is on the hunt for the killer. Ah, so uh, that is uh, going to be directed by L.L. Hader and written by Talia Gonzalez and Bassan Masood. And uh, that's a writing team that's been around for at least a couple seasons. They're great. Can't wait to hear from them. And or pff, not that they're on my sh- on our show. Maybe they'll be on our show. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I'm babbling. So. Aye, good friend, I do believe tis the hour whence we must bid you all adieu. 
Perchance thou wilt prithee return? Alas, anon, mayhap in many morrows, nay sooner, verily. Fare thee well, team of thee. So long, undead friends. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!